Design by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the interior design and home pro marketing agency for you guys. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social, helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice. All right, all right, all right. Hey, kids, welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, interior decorator Darla Jethro Powell. And today we are going to un overwhelm ourselves. <laughs> And we're going to underwhelm ourselves. We're going to get out of overwhelm with today's guest, Melissa Morris, and talk about productivity, managing team members, and profitability for your interior design business. Always great to get a different perspective. And Melissa Morris delivers in spades. But before we get into my conversation with Melissa Morris, Instagram for interior designers is on fire. It is real. It's burning up. You better get in there before before it burns away. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com or go to wingnutacademy.com. That Instagram for interior designers is our on-demand online complete course from soup to nuts on how to handle Instagram, how to create an Instagram strategy for your interior design business from branding, value proposition, content pillars, imagery, advertising, UTCs, metrics, anything that you would need to do to become an expert on managing your interior design firm's growth and marketing on Instagram. And I am not kidding. I am not blowing smoke, folks. That is a true thing. You even get a certificate at the end saying, woohoo, look at you. Look how smart you are. You're you little Instagram marketer, you. That course now is 12 Hundred and ninety-seven doll hairs, twelve ninety-seven, and it is value-packed because if you sign one client from your Instagram efforts, what is that? A ten thousand average design fee, fifteen twenty thousand for some of y'all more. Uh, really, you can't beat that with a stick. Is there going to be some elbow grease? You're going to have to do a deep dive. You're going to do some learning and figure out your branding, your messaging, your voice, your ideal client, your value proposition. Yeah, but that's what the course is for. It walks, walks you through that with workbooks and everything. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to find out more for that, wingnutacademy.com. All right, guys, let me tell you about today's guest. Melissa Morris is the founder of Agency Authority, a project management and operations consultancy for agency owners. Now, Darla, I know you own an agency. Why are you bringing a consultant for agency owners for interior design business? Well, yeah, she advises agencies. She's a productivity and operations management, but that's just her niche. Right. She specializes in this for for done for you service businesses, owners who have that kind of business. Right. And guess who that is? That's us. That's interior designers. So Melissa and her team help business owners and their team members do the work that they love without sacrificing client satisfaction, the bottom line, or more importantly, their own sanity. Melissa, where were you five years ago when I started this business? Because I think I think the sanity ship has sailed. <laughs> Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Melissa Morris to the show. Hey there, Melissa Morris. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am very good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. And you're a, a first time agency expert guest that we're having on here who definitely helps with overwhelm and productivity and hiring. But in the green room, of course, we were narrowing that down and you just really help uh, all done for you service type businesses. And guess what? That is what 
<laughs> that is my audience in the interior design space. And boy, it is a crazy, complicated business model done for you, luxury, white glove and all of that stuff. So we're going to talk today about how we can help interior designers, A, uh, identify and define overwhelm uh, related to that crazy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the logistics of this business are insane and how to increase productivity by maximizing their employees. Are you game? I am so game. <laughs> All righty. So super cool. So as I said, we d- you do have agency experience, but just tell me and tell the audience a little bit more about what makes you an expert in the uh, the done-for-you service kind of uh, ad- advising space here. Yeah, great question. So I worked in ad agencies for a long time, and a majority of that time was actually in a boutique agency. So we were working with a lot of government organizations. We were working with some nonprofits. And because it was this boutique agency, there was about 10 of us um, wearing lots of hats, obviously managing scope, managing deliverables for clients, client expectations. Um, And, you know, when you're working with government contracts or profit, nonprofits, those dollars really have to stretch. We need lots of documentation on what we did and how things are going. So in general, managing clients, managing client expectations, giving them what they needed, creating a lot of visibility for them was a big part of my job. And what I found is that really... Regardless of the service that you are providing, when you're working in that space where you're doing work for a client and we need to make sure we're establishing expectations and we have to navigate their feedback, um, you know, whether in this instance it was like, why is it that radio station or why is it that sofa? Um, like we need to we need to be able to navigate that and make sure we're being really clear about our vision and our plan and taking them into consideration, and then keeping, you know, scope from bloating where, you know, a budget goes from a little to a little more to a little more, right? And <laughs> making sure we're, we're managing that well. Um, so that's, that's where I've started to shift my energies is just helping business owners really lean into that. Yeah. And um, thank you for that. Thank you for, for diving deeper into that. Uh, as an agency <laughs> owner and a uh, interior designer. I had an interior design business full-time in Miami. I can tell you that oh, the overwhelm in, you know, of the, the big high level, everything, everything and being overwhelmed by it is, is a real deal. So I guess let's just dive into that piece first in the overwhelm. If you have an interior designer out there and in, in the, in the pandemic, we all, uh, as interior designers, most of us, I should say, went crazy, just bat crazy with with people wanting to redo their homes and sent, taking their travel budget and instead of traveling, redesigning their homes. And we were crazy overloaded, overwhelmed. We were batting off clients with, you know, with a stick and back orders and furnishings and stuff. And, and that's toned down some a little bit. But I'm hearing from interior designers that they're still uh, overwhelmed with projects and clients and they don't know which way is up. So what are we what are we doing to start? If, as speaking as an overwhelmed person, sometimes what do you what are we looking at? Yeah, so I think the first thing that we can start to do is understanding our own workflow. And that's really just understanding how long it's going to take to complete a project. And then, like I said, kind of in the beginning, managing those client expectations, managing internally what we need, and having a really clear view on those key deadlines to keep a project moving. 
Why this starts to become important is because it helps you then manage your capacity or your team's capacity. Mm -hmm. If we understand that when we look at a project from start to finish, there are probably um, ebbs and flows in the work, right? Like we're getting started. There's lots of brainstorming. Maybe we're collecting color swatches. We're looking at Pinterest boards. We're just having lots of conversation. There's a lot of, you know, brainstorming going on, maybe some work there, but then there might be like, maybe a little bit of a lull as far as the client is concerned, where the designers may be spending some time looking around and putting together their ideas and then coming back. So thinking through that whole process of where are there times where it's going to require a lot of you and your team, those moments where maybe your client is doing some gathering on what they like. Maybe you've asked them to you know, put together those Pinterest boards or they're reviewing some things you've put together or finalizing some budget. There's gonna be these back and forth and then also understanding, well, how long does it typically take me to do a living room, a whole house, a bedroom, right? And then really piecing out that timeline because then it starts to get easier to layer in projects. So you can start to take, you can you know, throw on just a living room during a whole house project when you've identified like there's going to be a little lull right here where maybe you could fit some of that in. So what we're really trying to do is just get a handle on your capacity and the natural ebbs and flows that come along with a project. How much of this is related to experience? Like if you're a newer designer and you're not really familiar with the amount of work that you can take on or you're not in a spot to where you can say no to clients, yeah. right? Are, are, is it inevitable to go through that learning phase of just being overwhelmed and kind of, you know, monkey football? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Or I can do. we just can we just out of the gate just say, okay, this interior designer mentor said this usually takes four weeks to do. Let me just project that out, not to be overwhelmed. You know, if if they're out there in the audience and listening, they don't have experience. Where do they begin to even gauge it? I think that is a great place to start. So yes, I think, you know, ultimately, as all business owners, we have these weird moments where we're just kind of navigating it, right? And we're like, taking the client and we're like, we're just going to have to figure this out as we go. And I might not (laughs) sleep for a few nights, but we're going for it anyway, right? Like, we've all been there. And that's, you know, welcome to the business owner club, right? If you're in that space right now. Um, But I do think looking to other mentors, asking in communities, I think there are some things you can do, particularly in the space we're finding ourselves these days, checking on, you know, is furniture often still on back order? Um, how are, you know, is a certain brand of tile or certain flooring, um, just kind of trying to get a good gauge on some of that stuff. Cause I think those are the things that particularly in, you know, the world we're living in right now could really start to blow up your timeline if you're not keeping a pulse on that. Um, and then, you know, trying to build a baseline, building in buffer time. I'm a big fan of building in buffer time. So that means, you know, if you're like, oh, I can do this in four weeks, Tell four to six weeks. Yeah. A client's not going to be mad if you get done early. (laughs) They're going to be delighted. Um, But they are going to be upset if you say four weeks and we're pushing seven or eight weeks. Yeah. And that happened a lot in the pandemic because we had no idea. We had, I I had a a sofa that I ordered for a client. It was a custom leather sofa. It took a, a legit year. 
and the client's project was done. <laughs> I don't know what they were sitting on, but they weren't they weren't sitting on they weren't sitting on that that sofa for sure. And um, you have the groups and the mentoring right now that are available on Facebook. And there's there's a, I could list a million are so they're so plentiful to go in there and ask questions if you're a new designer. And as a as a new designer, when I opened up my my firm in 2017 incredibly helpful. But I did take on a lot of stuff and said yes to a lot of stuff and overpromised timelines because I didn't know any better. And, you know, you're learning. And I was very close. To, I would, I didn't tell clients, oh, I'm new, <laughs> you know, bear right, with yeah. me, I'm new. And this is, you know, <laughs> let's take this, you know, because, you know, I had this thing in my head where, where I had to be, you know, not new <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> for the client. But I like the transparency level of that. If you're a newer designer, you know, at least just saying, um, you know, this, this is maybe a timeline I'm not as familiar with, but let's shoot for un, um, under promising and over delivering. Great. That'll be helpful. And we, we try to do that here at the agency as well and not over book ourselves and definitely have to leave 10 or 20% to putting out fire time. Yes. Because when that happens, if your book's so tight, when you think everything's going to go so perfectly, it's not. You have to you have to have some time to put out fires. And right now we have a wait list at our agency. We're at Wingnut Social is an agency for interior designers, digital marketing agency. And I'll, I'll tell clients, you know, maybe six weeks out from creating mm -hmm. content when it might be five or four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but maybe not, right? I yeah, like to give know. us that cushion. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a really good idea not to be and so hasty to say, you have to say yes to a client or to bend over, you know, mm -hmm. it's okay to take a deep breath and to compose yourself with these these pieces and when, when doing a project. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. honestly, if they can make it six weeks, could they make it eight? weeks like mm. they would be okay right like we're yeah. not you know when we say buffer <laughs> time we don't need to to bloat it by you know weeks or a couple months mm -hmm. um and then i think another key thing too is just being in open communication with them yeah. and when you're bringing them on maybe sharing some things that maybe we are still recognizing happening right now um like if you say hey like for the most part, we're good, but I have found occasionally things are still on, on back order or they're going out of stock very quickly. We'll be mindful of that. But just a heads up, that's something I'm going to be looking out for. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just also, you know, keeping them in the loop too on how they can support the timeline. So I'm also a big fan, you know, when I'm working with a client and I'm, you know, we've got plans. If I'm trying to get something automated for them, but they're really dragging their feet and they like won't verify the tool that I want to use or they're not giving me their contract, like I can't automate a contract you haven't given me yet. <laughs> and, you know, so I loop them in and I say, you know, in order to keep our timeline, this is how you can show up and meet yeah. that timeline. And it's going to get me things that I need and get them quickly and get them ready for me mm -hmm. to work on. Um, and I've actually found that a lot of clients really appreciate that. Like they want the project to be a success too. Like they want mm -hmm. this work done. They're excited to get it done. Um, and I, I would be willing to bet that if they were aware of some things that they could do to help keep things moving, they would, they would do it. Right. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And that's something I haven't given a lot of thought to, and I'm not inclined to do that. I mean, at the agency, I have people that do that for me, but as an interior designer, I wasn't inclined to do that because I always 
I'm a people pleaser by nature, first of all. And I would always bend over backwards and be, I would be nicely remind them, hey, this isn't done, this isn't done. But never from the angle of, hey, if you want this to be on time, if yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is, this is your piece. This is your piece of the exactly. project. And I'd never, never thought, I never did that. I never really did that. I would remind them nicely yeah. and, you know, a billion emails, but never with that that vision in mind to keep the keep everything going i like that it makes them accountable Good. and it, it also puts the ball in their court it <laughs> absolutely does like so, it kind yeah. of puts some onus on them if you mm-hmm. you know and one of the ways that i would always like to phrase it is you know i know you were really excited to have this completed by the end of the month and i still think we can pull that off but in order to make sure we meet that deadline i need you to pick the sofa by thursday and giving them those like deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, or, or don't pick it by Thursday, but then mm-hmm. this could further delay um, and keep them in the loop. Cause mm-hmm. I think sometimes too, you know, they've, they've hired you because you're the expert. You know, these things, you know, the order things need to happen in, and they may not realize that, you know, the sofa seems like a silly example, but like, no, I can't move forward until you pick the sofa. Or until yeah. you pick the paint color. And mm-hmm. they may not realize that this is really holding up a series of other events until you let them know. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I thought you could do all of these other things, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Because when we design, we design everything. It's synergistic. It's cohesive. And so that one element could be holding up the whole thing. And we take it for granted that we know what we're doing. So everyone else should, too, mm-hmm. you know, the, to educate them a little bit on that process. So that's, that's a really good point to make sure that you're very clear with setting up the expectations of their piece in that to help you help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Not go Jerry crazy. McGuire, help me help you. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in this head of hair, I have gray hairs from, you know, my past experience I with die. <laughs> <laughs> some of this, there's some color in there too, but they're, they're popping out there for sure. You guys can see my gray hairs on designed by Wingnut Social on our YouTube channel. Go check that out. <laughs> okay. So the, this is some terrific advice to do this, to slow, just slow things down, take a deep breath, identify and pull things apart. And, <clears throat> I love. I really do love making the the client more accountable and uh, helping you. And that they don't even really know that they're helping you with your overwhelm, right? Okay. Hey, so I want to talk to you a second and ask you, what would it mean to you and your bottom line to get an actual paying client? from Instagram. Are you an interior designer who hasn't gotten any leads from Instagram at all? What kind of money are you leaving on the table? Well, enter Instagram for interior designers, our online digital course. If you're struggling to showcase your work on social media and you feel like you're not reaching your target audience and missing out on potential clients, then you need to check out our online marketing course, Instagram for interior designers. With over 1 billion, with a B folks, monthly active users, Instagram is a perfect platform to showcase your design skills and reach your target audience. And our course is specifically designed for interior designers who want to learn how to create a compelling Instagram presence, attract followers, and Cha-ching, turn them into clients. In this course, you'll learn how to create stunning visuals, write compelling captions, use hashtags effectively, and engage with your audience. You'll also learn how to use Instagram's powerful features, such as Instagram stories and reels, to showcase your work and reach a wider audience. 
But that's not all. Our course also includes expert tips and strategies for growing your Instagram following and converting your followers into clients. You'll learn how to create a content strategy, collaborate with other designers, influencers, vendors, and use Instagram advertising to promote your business. The best part? Of course. Of course, of course, our course is 100% online. You can learn at your very own pace and on your own schedule, and you'll have lifetime access to all the course materials. That way, you can refer back to them anytime you need a refresher, you need to update, etc. So if you're an interior designer looking to take your social media game to the next level, sign up for Instagram for interior designers today. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy, drop down and check out that course. Oh, and I, did I forget to mention, there is a money back guarantee. If in 90 days you don't increase your reach and engagement and your brand awareness by completing this course and implementing what's inside, you'll get your money back. That's a no brainer. What would it mean to you to sign one client from Instagram? Come on, folks. Head on over to wingnutacademy.com, wingnutsocial.com. Okay, so, and we're talking also about increasing your productivity by maximizing your team. Now, one of the things that I see here, even at, at the agency with clients, um, with my friends who are interior designers, is that we are notorious control freaks. As creatives and business owners, like that might, maybe that's not an interior design thing. Maybe that's just business owners. And delegating something, you know, when we have our name on on the shingle and you know, it's our business and our design and our it, the whole thing is the Darla Powell show or whatever. Yeah. Delegating that to employees or pieces of important pieces to employees can be crazy, can be a crazy challenge for us. And we've talked about that before on the show. But you have an angle or you're how to increase productivity by maximizing your team. Are we, are we, am I on the right track with where we're going with this or what are you thinking? You are on the right track. So the best way to maximize your team is to create a lot of clarity around mm -hmm. expectations and workflows. Are we noticing a trend? Expectations, workflows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we struggle. We struggle. I struggle. I, I Well, and I think most <laughs> business owners do. Mm -hmm. And this is why I really like to have this conversation is because, you know, most do. And so when we're thinking about, again, our workflows, like I mentioned a little bit before, what are some of those key moments, right? First, it's maybe like that, that inspiration, those initial designs, that concept, that mood board, whatever that starts to look like, then it's client buy-in. And then mm -hmm. it's, you know, what are those next steps and pieces? When we can get really clear on that, we can start to make sure each team member knows what piece they own. And when a team member is really clear on what piece they own, everybody rests a little easier because what this does is this cuts down on those internal meetings. Mm. Hey, did you do that? Hey, did you handle this? Hey, did you handle that? We all know what's going on. And then like the cherry on top is when we can get that going in a project management tool. And we're really able to track because then as the business owner, what you're able to do is you're able to go into your project management tool and see exactly where each team member is mm -hmm. in the design process, in the project that they're running. And we start to really cut down on those internal conversations. We want to get away from what I call the task managing okay. and get into the project managing. We don't just want to piece out tasks and you do go there, right? Like we want to be project managing and we want everybody to know and own their part. And then what that does is that allows people to go and really work and be in their zone of genius. 
Okay. So let's break. So task managing. So if I, I'm thinking in my head as you're you're speaking, the difference between that and the project management is, let's say I'm Susan McNuggets Interior Design, and I have a staff of two or three designers, and I'm just kind of like reactionary, assigning them things as we go, and there's no real set structure to that? Yes, and that's where we can get into task management. So let's say, for example, um, you know, Susie McNuggets is in charge of the furniture, and... We we can say, you know, did you order the couch and did you get the end table and start just piecemealing off these things? Or we can look at holistically and say, like, living room furniture is on you. Do you have the six pieces, the budget, right? Um, and again, like, that's a very kind of simplistic view, but intentionally. So now we just have to focus on living room furniture right? and not, hey, did you get that table? Yeah. Hey, did you okay. get the the accent chair no we're just and and then you can just track that like tell me if there's a roadblock in living room furniture if there's not then we all know you're going to have it done by the 15th and mm-hmm. we're going to be good to go oh, I love um that. and then the second piece to that and this is like my little secret weapon is your communications sop so this is a very handier SOP, so standard operating procedure that you can use with your team members, and then you can also have one with your clients. And what this does is this will empower your team members by giving them some guardrails and letting them know when they need to phone a friend, i.e. let the business owner know what's going on. So for example, we will have some very clear guidelines, like we always respond to a client's request within 24 hours or whatever that starts to look like. We always, if we haven't heard from them, we send two follow-up emails and then we, then we do a phone call. If mm-hmm. we, because what we don't want to, and this is where you mentioned that control freak moment starts to happen, right? Because we all do it. We start sure. to worry. Like, yeah. well, what do you mean you haven't heard from them? When was the last time you emailed them? Where are they? Like, why haven't they approved this, right? And what we don't want to happen is we ask our team member, has Susie McNuggets, has she given us the paint? Like, has she, you know, approved the paint palette yet? And they're like, no, she hasn't. Well, when did you ask her? Well, I sent her an email last week. And as an agency, you're like, last week? Like, what do you mean? Like, you should have followed up again. Or like, right. what, why have you checked in? And they're like, oh, well, no, I didn't know I was supposed to. Well, they didn't know. So what's important is we get everybody on the same page. So now you're not lying awake at night thinking, oh, no, did they email? Did they check back? Have we heard from them? Because everybody's playing by the same rules of the game. And so now your team member knows, okay, you send one email. If within three days you haven't heard from them, you send another email. If a few days later you still haven't heard from them, you let me know. So now you don't have to worry. Like you can rest easy because you know if any red flags are coming up, you're going to be brought into the fold. So you don't have to go constantly asking and looking for the red flags. Just let them come to you. I love that. And you're not really getting that reactionary anxiety with like you you were just like, oh, no, she didn't put what's wrong. What's you know, it's getting handled for the most part until it needs to be handled by you as a business owner. Right. I like that. I am prone to anxiety myself. I'm, I think I'm going to put this into my, <laughs> my Girl, <y'all>. agency communication. <laughs> I'm telling being a business owner is stressful, y'all. I often wonder, like, chicken or the egg, like the anxiety and then the business owner, or do like you have to be a business owner to get the anxiety? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, we're a special kind of crazy, let me tell you. Are we though? Okay, so you're streamlining and making sure that you one person on furniture, maybe another person's liaisoning with the 
the contractors or however it is, but are, are they always, is this one person always handling the living room furniture? Or are we changing around in each project? How like rigid are we getting with these SOPs? So I think that can start to become a little bit team specific. So obviously a smaller team, we might be wearing more than than one hat. Yeah, for um, sure. So as long as I think we're keeping team members in their zone of genius mm-hmm. um, and, and having them doing things that they're equipped to do, trained to do, and feel comfortable doing, then I think that's okay. And then in which case you're having a project kickoff. So when the project kickoff happens, that's when we're like laying the groundwork for you're in charge of these pieces, you're in charge of these pieces, right? But what okay. we want to avoid is constantly shuffling that around, right? Like we start and you're in charge of, you know, uh, being the liaison with the contractors. And then we go for a couple of weeks and then we're like, oh no, never mind. Now you're in charge of being, you know, you know, you're in communication with the contractors Mm -hmm. and you're going to go do X, Y, and Z. I think that we want to try and avoid. I think, you know, when we start that project, let's get clear on who's going to handle what, divide and conquer, and then really let that, go unless we're really like running into to a situation that calls for a, for a team change. And I think that that's like the 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 method of operation for a lot of small interior design business owners is that they are just kind of winging it and assigning mm-hmm. things on the fly and as we go. And so I like what you're you're recommending here and discussing because if you look at the larger firms, the larger architect firms, larger interior design firms, they have they have their lockdown. Yeah. They have this going and they started having it going in order to get where they are, yeah. if that makes sense. English <laughs> is my first language, believe it or not. So I think this is this is a terrific idea to build foundations to grow into that larger uh, firm to scale. And speaking, oh, I did have a question. So this is related to what you said, it's a zone of genius, right? Uh, what was that book? The Big Leap. The Big Leap. By Gay yeah, Hendricks. That's yes, exactly where it that's, comes from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what do you do if you have two team members who have a redundant zone of genius? That it, ooh, that's a that's a difficult <laughs> I just, yeah, I was look just at you. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a good point. Um, and you may find that again with a small team. And what really getting really clear and delegating these responsibilities will do is they will actually shine a line on gaps, which is really the bigger problem is the gap. Okay. So okay. if we have both doing really well. Um, that could then just start to become based on capacity, like who has space to take on. Maybe you're just passing projects back and forth until you have enough work to be having them both working on projects simultaneously. Um, but my bigger concern would be, do we recognize any gaps that we need to bring in? Like is somebody maybe not strong at mm. keeping contractors in line and getting them on the phone <laughs> and figuring out why they didn't show up, right? And all the things. Um I think that's that's the more concerning pieces, the gaps than the redundancies. Or, you know, it would be unfortunate, too, if you found yourself in a situation and you look around, and you're like, gosh, we're all actually just really good at paint. Um, we need <laughs> some people who can do the furniture piece, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to brush up on your furniture skills there. Yeah, uh, right. Know. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I, I like that a lot. So let's talk about maximizing the team and, in, and increasing productivity, right? We can see to where what you've recommended here is our really establishing great foundations for a successful relationship with clients, with your employees, with scaling, if that's something that you want to do. Well, let's talk about how maximizing the team and in, in, this is probably obvious, but maybe you have an answer that isn't, leads to more profitability. 
as a business owner in the design space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we're avoiding, like we talked about a lot of internal conversations, what are you working on? Did that get done? Is this handling? And we've already created all that clarity and people can move quickly, obviously saving time, right? Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing. If um, we know that they're getting in touch with the client, they're keeping the project moving, Um, keeping that project moving means you get projects completed more quickly. You can do more projects. So when we're really getting everybody working um, effectively and really maximizing them and their strengths, what it's really doing is creating a lot of time savings. And then with that time, um, we can either do more projects or, you know, take a nap. (laughs) I vote for take a nap. I'm a true Taurus. I, I will take a nap at any time. So this is this is great, Melissa. I love it. And you have to remember too, uh, designers in the audience who are listening. So a lot of times, especially when we're new to this business, we're thinking design, make room pretty, happy client. Had an ugly room, had a pretty room. But it's way it's way more complicated than that. It's their experience with working with you and the professionalism and how buttoned up and everything was together, even if furnishings is is delayed as long as you're staying in contact with them and advising them and they're not guessing or having to come to you to ask you what's going on. Uh, But just these, these things like internally are like, okay, great. Maybe that makes a great business and I'll have less anxiety, but how is that really helping me with my business? Which you, of course you spelled out terrifically there. And Melissa, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you? And then we could do the 10 hour show on this, but just with relate to what we've talked about here that I've forgotten to ask you. Um, that you think the audience needs to hear before we get into the fire round? Yeah, I would just say really, I you know, I can't talk about it enough, mm-hmm. those workflows and getting really clear on what's going to happen every step of the way and trying to get that documented somewhere, really getting these mm-hmm. things out of your head and down on some paper because it will help you start to see where you're glossing mm-hmm. over. And it can also be useful to speak with somebody who's not in your industry and talk them through this because what they're going to help you do is improve your client experience. Because like you said, it's easy to forget what your clients don't know Um, and, and not realize because you, you don't remember what it's like to, you know, you may never know what it was like because you know, like that's, you guys just have such an eye for that kind of stuff. Um, And you may not realize how hard it is for somebody else to, see or know how these pieces come together. So walking through your workflow and kind of walking through that client experience with somebody who's not familiar with the design industry, I think is very valuable. I agree. It's great to have that objective viewpoints because your clients aren't interior designers and you want to create that experience. I'm terrific. I did. There's one thing I did forget to ask you before we get into the what up wingnut round is what um, PM software do you recommend? I really love ClickUp. I think it works really well. For, for a lot, a lot of business owners. We, we had experience with ClickUp for the <clears throat> course, working with the course designer. So um, it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty robust. Good. It is a robust tool, yeah. Very. Uh, all right. Melissa Morris, I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I'm ready. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Hashtag work-life balance. Love it. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food for all time. What is it? Favorite food for all time would be... Spaghetti. I love it. With what with like what kind of sauce? Are we doing meatballs? I'm a purist. I love 
I love the spaghetti. Give me the long stringy noodles. Put some marinara on top, and I'm a happy girl. All right. <laughs> oh, and to- parm. I need my Parmesan cheese. <laughs> there. You know what? Yeah, you had you won me over with the parm for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, please recommend a book that has impacted you either personally or professionally. Well, we've already talked about it, which is probably why I said Zone of Genius, and it's <laughs> the, big the big leap. leap. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm actually reading it again um, right now. It's a book I love to come back to. I think it is just so smart and just cannot recommend it enough. I've read that book a million times. And that book had a tremendous impact on my interior design business. And as soon as I read that, I hired a couple people, delegated the CAD work out to them because I had no clue and no interest in doing it. And um, that stuff started growing. The book's a little woo-woo in spots, but just if you're not a woo-woo person, just, you know, don't worry about that. The, The general advice there is just terrific solid yes it is solid advice it's solid all right melissa please tell the audience where they can go to find out more about you and we will call it a day yeah you can head over to my website youragencyauthority.com and if you go to youragencyauthority.com slash call you can hop on a quick call with me if you have any questions about what you heard today or you could always hop over to linkedin and find me at melissa v morris v is in victory and shoot me a dm all right, we'll have to connect. I'll shoot you a little DM on LinkedIn so we can we can be little LinkedIn buddies. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Melissa. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, folks, we hope you enjoyed that excellent guest, Melissa Morris. Remember, if you want to find out more about Melissa and her services, head on over to youragencyauthority.com. Remember, that's her niche, but she specializes in done-for-you service-based businesses. And uh, who has two thumbs and has that kind of business? This girl right here. If you aren't subscribed to Designed by Wingnut Social on the YouTube channel, you're going to want to do that because the bloopers are something else. They are a work of art. They are a thing of beauty. They can only be appreciated in the video format. <laughs> Thanks to my producer, Nicole Lyons. So head on over to Designed by Wingnut Social and just get a whole new vibe going on over there. I love to watch YouTube and multitask while I'm working on the sofa. I work from home. Don't hate. And I'll be typing up my little emails and I have YouTube going off in the background. It's it's great. It's a, it's a friend of mine now. I even sprung for like the no ads because I watch it so much. So anywho, I love YouTube. I digress. Guys, that's it. Remember to tune in on Monday where we have our Monday mini news sesh where with either tips or social media news going on there. And every Wednesday, of course, we have our full length guest interviews. And remember until next time to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened. Are you experiencing anxiety and <laughs> from doing a podcast and not knowing what you're going to say next? Are you experiencing not knowing what to say? Are you experiencing anxiety and overwhelm? God, always great to get a different perspective and Melissa Divers. Uh, divers. <laughs> All right. So where was I? <laughs> so, so, we're, okay. So where was I? All right.
Good boy, Mango.